Well, it's great that uh, you've been able to join us for our carol service. I hope you're enjoying it so far. I'm going to spend just uh, a few minutes reflecting on on what Christmas uh, is about, how it impacts upon us. We've had a bit of a theme this year going in Portsmouth Church. If you saw one of our, our big leaflets, you may have noticed it. And that was, Where's Christmas? We were thinking a bit about it last Sunday with uh, the all age, uh, the boys and girls led us then. Uh, And behind this question is the idea that maybe you can lose Christmas or there's a danger that we might lose Christmas under all the stuff that goes on. Not that there's anything wrong with all that stuff, nothing wrong with it at all. It's great to have a break, isn't it, as the year kind of grinds on to an end. It, it's good to get together with families. It's, uh, yeah, pretty good to buy presents, even better to receive them, uh, to take time off, and all of that kind of thing. It, it, it's good stuff. But, but there can be much more to it than that, can't there? And Christians use this time to uh, connect with something more than just the bits and pieces that we do. Something uh, that is much deeper. And tonight, just for a few minutes, and as we've spent this time uh, singing these carols and hearing that God's word read to us, we, we hope that this is a chance maybe to reconnect again with something more about Christmas. So that it's not just shopping and eating and traveling and etc., but maybe going a bit deeper. Maybe we can rediscover that there's much more that can touch us and actually fill up those other things we do at this time of year with with something that is actually rather special. So let's try and get back into the story for a bit, shall we? Last Sunday, if you were here, and there were lots of people here, we saw it all acted out, didn't we, with great enthusiasm and, and skill and music as uh, uh, the kids in, in the, uh, the young people's part of the church did a great job. Uh, and we're back in the story tonight, aren't we, the story we've heard, all about this baby, this baby that's born and who starts his life where? Well, in the uh, animal's area of a probably a normal kind of house, but in those houses there were bits of the house where the animals would be uh, and there were bits where people would sleep and eat and, and there was no room anywhere else. So there was Jesus born uh, and put into this animal feeding box where you keep the straw just because there was no else to be. The shepherds were told about this and they were told so that they could find the right baby. It was a sign, the angel said, that this was the one, the one we're talking about, is the one that you'll find, not like any other baby, you know, tucked up in its bed, but in an animal feeding box. Go to Bethlehem, when you found a baby like that, that's the one you need to be looking for. It was a sign. And we get that, don't we? Wow, we say, whoa, a baby in a feeding trough, amazing. That's really special. But it is a sign. It's a sign that points to something else. I don't know whether we've got any uh, dog lovers in tonight, but uh, I don't know whether you've ever tried to get a dog to follow pointing instructions. You ever tried that if you've got a dog? It doesn't work, does it? Because you point, (laughs) but the dog looks at your hand. Why? Well, because there could be food in your hand, and for a dog, food trumps everything else, whatever it might be. And so you point to the dog, and you say, go and get that over there, and the dog looks at your hand because... He's looking at your hand. He sees the hand, but he doesn't see what it's pointing to. And the baby in the manger is the sign. We're supposed to see beyond the sign. 
But it's easy to just stand there looking at the manger, like the dog, looking at our hand, thinking, wow, that's good. I love the moments. And sometimes we can even do this in a way to escape thinking about it more seriously. And, and if I may say this, I think sometimes some of us blokes uh, can do that quite easily. One of the most blokey shows on TV, I suppose, is, is Top Gear. There's a few Top Gear fans in here I, I trust. And I don't know whether you've noticed, sometimes they talk about Jesus very occasionally. But when it is so, I, I remember an occasion, I was really quite irritated, I must say. Clarkson said something about the baby Jesus. And then May took it up, and, and, and so did Hammond. And, and they had this little conversation. And it was always the baby Jesus in this kind of slightly sneering way. I actually heard Stephen Fry do it on QI, and he really should know better. But anyway, the point is, keep him in the manger, the baby Jesus. He's safe there. He's not going to give us any trouble. But babies, they're wonderful, aren't they? Let's not, let's not be too miserable about it. They're so small. They're perfectly formed. They're amazingly miniature. They're, they're so dependent. You, you see a newborn baby, and I know some of you may have seen one recently, or you've got one in your family, and everything's there in this little package. You know, little babies can make you respond to them. I heard the other day that if, if when, when you look at a baby, you, it has this kind of way, I don't know how it does it, that it makes your pupils dilate. And when your pupils dilate, the baby's pupils dilate. And it releases all kind of good things in your head, uh, your brain and the baby's brain. And it's all really rather kind of marvelous. But we don't just celebrate births because there's a baby we can cuddle, do we? What's more important? is that that baby is a person with promise, with potential. The baby, whatever it's doing with its pupils, and however great it feels at the moment, is going to be someone. It's a life. And indeed, if a mother or a father doesn't get that, if someone just wants a baby to feel fuzzy about it, well, we're onto it quite quickly in our society, and we encourage uh, parents to, to get over that or get beyond that and see that there's a little life that's really important. They need to learn how to parent it and all that kind of stuff. Well, the big thing about Christmas is not that there's a baby in the stable and that the whole thing is a bit miraculous, like so many other births, one way or another, but even more so this one. No, the big thing about Christmas is who the baby is. And the shepherds are told to find this baby, this one in that manger, because that one is the one those angels were talking about. So who is this baby going to be? Now we're told a lot about him in the Christmas accounts, but I just want to focus just uh, uh, for a few minutes on, on a couple of words really. What did the angels say? We sung it in the carol. A saviour is born. Someone who's going to rescue people. I don't know whether you've ever noticed something about the human race uh, generally, about ourselves particularly, about uh, me as an individual, if I'm honest, about the way the world works, about politics, about everything. There's something about human beings that we do have this ability to really screw things up, don't we? In our own lives, in our relationships with others, in our heads, with our desires, we just have this ability to get it wrong. To be drawn somehow to what we actually know deep down is going to be destructive. Or, or to be kind of drawn to destroy what we love and hurt the people we love even. Now we could spend a lot of time thinking about that. But it's true, isn't it? Now that's not the whole picture about human beings, of course not. 
but it is part of it. And the Bible tells us that it's bigger than just my individual problem or the problem in our relationships. It's to do with the way we treat the world, but most of all, that we're in this rather bad place in a way with God. We're made for him. We've gone away from him. And that's part of our biggest problem of all. And the baby in the manger is to be the one who can rescue us from all of that. That's why we need a savior. And this baby grows up to be the rescue man. This savior who's promised. His name is Jesus. Jeshua in his language at the time. That name means God saves in the language he spoke. And like the angel said, he's the one God has sent. The promised king who they were waiting for. And much more besides. So Jesus lives in his village for about 30 years and then sets out doing different things, good things, teaching people about God, talking about a kingdom of God, releasing people from sicknesses and demons, crying with the hurting, challenging the arrogant, eating with the riffraff, pointing to people to how they can know God's love in their lives. He offers people, in his words, forgiveness, abundant life, streams of living water, eternal life, a relationship with God as our Father. And people start to love him. They start to follow him, to start to trust him. Well, some do. The others don't. So in this human tendency, we have to screw things up, kind of takes over. And sure enough, as you probably know, we get rid of him. Actually, the very people who were supposed to guide us towards God, the religious ones, end up overseeing his execution, cheered on by the rest of us. But in that act of sacrifice, at the very darkest point in history, as this man takes his place among the millions of others who have suffered betrayal, suffered torture, been executed and abandoned. As he takes his place in all of the midst of all that stuff that we do to each other and have done to us in the human race, at that point, a way of rescue is opened up. Why? Because of who he is. The Lord of creation, the God of all things. So the one, as we read, who holds the universe together takes the poison of our rebellion and the judgment we deserve right into himself so that we can be forgiven, so that we can know God's grace. So the baby in the manger is going to be the rescuer by being right here with us in the screwed up world we're in and the screwed up world we've made for ourselves. And the Christmas story more than hints at that. Let's see it just before I close. From the point of view of the people of Bethlehem, Bethlehem today. Watch this video. It's from them. I like this song very much. The net here, not good. Is that YouTube? This is YouTube. This is YouTube. Yes. I graduate from Bethlehem University. I have BA at accounting. I like the sheep, but uh, I need a job. The story of Jesus. Yeah. Born uh, at Bethlehem. From this road, you can go uh, to Bethlehem from this road. 
בטלהם, small city, not big city. near Bethlehem, we have big wall. Mary and Joseph, if he coming today, no, because the big wall is close to Bethlehem. He want permit from Israel. I come here every day at 1 o'clock a.m. to sell coffee and tea for the workers who cross to Jerusalem. In the back of me, there is the wall. It's 12 meters in the sky with 700 kilometers around Jerusalem. It's very hard to come into Bethlehem because people think the Palestinian people are terrorists. Bethlehem is the city that Jesus was born in it. He came to, to tell the people about the meaning of the peace, the meaning of the love. the meaning of the life together. The angel came to, to Maryam yeah. and told them that he has pregnant. Yeah. Maryam do not like this because uh, uh, I do not have married from where the baby, their uh, family and they killed him. Gold is a king, and whatever circumstances we live, we have his identity and we give him our loyalty too. This is a water container. People would hide gold in these jars. Incense burner and frankincense means the priesthood. Jesus would carry our prayers and will carry us up to the Father. Without him, we cannot reach the Father. This is what myrrh been carried in, and myrrh is a sign for the sufferings that he would carry. They expected to see a prince in a castle. They did not expect a baby born in poverty. It's uh, not rich. It's, uh, it's very poor. I know about this. God loves the poor people, rich people, old people. He's a refugee. Jesus is a refugee. They wanted to kill him. There was order to kill all the children of Bethlehem, newborns to uh, two years old. That's why she flew to Egypt. Jesus uh, born refugee because God he wanted to teach us how if Jesus born refugee, what about us? And he teach us about to give forgiveness and uh, love. They come from God to give him the message for peace. This is the important thing that the God is told to Isa to, 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 to the people. Yes. The Prince of Peace being born in the most troubled land on earth, it has like a significance maybe. We need peace inside ourselves and we need peace all over the world. We can feel the peace in our life because we have a hope. Hope coming where we understand each other and the hope coming where we understand God for our life.
I think Jesus knocking uh, doors of the hearts of people. And he asked for anyone to open for him to start the new Christmas with him. Easter is the principle of peace. Yes, Easter is the, is the principle of peace. I love that video because it connects right with our world, doesn't it? That's Bethlehem. It didn't just happen in some mythical, far-off, kind of strange place long before time. But in a place, in time, in history, that place. And it connects with us. That place where, as they said on the video, um, less than two years after he was born, there was slaughter of children as they were trying to get rid of him. But did you notice those, that those people in the DVD picked up on something the angel said? God is bringing peace. The Old Testament promises the, kingdom, the coming king will be called, amongst other things, the Prince of Peace. The angels told the shepherds that God is doing something. It's a time of his favor, and peace is his intention. Peace to people on whom his favor rests. Or in the old version, peace and goodwill to all men. In God's heart, according to this, is the desire for the fractured to be mended, the refugee to find a home, the rejected welcome. The baby in the manger says this, the man he became did this, and the people who follow him are called to live this too. Now that's a different way to live. You may want to think about that. We can start by acknowledging that we need a rescue. We can ask God just individually for that rescue. But we continue to follow the, rescue, follow the rescuer as he works in the world through each one of his people. It's worth thinking about carefully. And as I close, can I just encourage you to do that? Just think about it carefully. Think it over. If you want to reflect on it some more, do take a booklet at the table. As you go out the door, on the right, there's a table. There's lots of little booklets about Christmas, different ones. There's some, uh, also some New Testaments, parts of the Bible. Uh, uh, do pick one up if you'd like to read further. In the booklet, you will find a card, and there's some other cards around with some options. Uh, there's uh, options like joining the Christianity Explore course. It's a, a one-night-a-week course for six weeks. We're doing it uh, in the new year. Or you might just want to sit down and have a chat with a member of the church staff, myself, or one of the guys if you're a bloke, or one of the women on the staff if you're a woman, and have a coffee and talk it over. Or you might want something kind of in between. But it's all on the card. Fill it in, pop it in the box there, or send it back to us in the post. Don't miss this part of Christmas. Don't lose it. Don't let it get lost. Because I believe it, it really is the best pit. It's not necessarily the most comfortable bit, but it is the bit that can make all the difference in our lives and in our world. Happy Christmas.